Okay. Well, welcome to the lunch wrap. All that you, all of you that are here or there, online or in the in the radius of my voice. <laughs> so I have a couple of thoughts I want to share with you today, just to encourage us. And uh, so, just maybe two thoughts. I want to talk a little bit about deception, and I want to talk about the blood of Christ. So. Uh, Lord, we just commit this time to you. We just really ask for your thoughts, your words, your mind. Thank you, God, for your Bible that just sets us free, that gives us your perspective. Lord, thank you. I pray for the service tonight, that you would prepare people to come, that you would remove obstacles, that they would, even now, that we would be uh, just ready to receive for what the Spirit has to say to the church. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So just want to talk a little bit, if you want to look with me in Second Peter chapter 2, and um, just thinking about just how things are the way they are in the world and how that the gospel is really the answer. It's really the answer to our problems and to walking in wisdom. And there is a great deception that will turn into a great delusion um, as we near the rapture. And this delusion is, we're seeing it now, where good is called evil and evil is called good. And the only way we can discern the difference between the vile and the precious is if the word of God is clearly uh, in our heart and hidden in our heart. So the generation that we're in and the generation that's coming up behind us, the only thing that will keep us is the word of God. And having a clear understanding about the heart of God knowing who God is, knowing who God is. Because in 2 Peter chapter 2, I want to read a couple of verses here that 2 Peter, you know, Peter is saying that uh, there is a great destruction that will happen to those that introduce another gospel. And it says here in verse 1, but there were also false prophets among the people even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. So when you read these words, it's hard to fathom the blatancy of evil where, um, you know, a few years ago we would say, wow, I would never even imagine uh, this kind of lifestyle and ideology that we're seeing today is so accepted without contests, without controversy. And I think as believers, just living in truth and focusing on the heart of God, we can be very controversial. Uh, and we don't even mean to be. It's just our belief system is clear, absolute, and, um, and it's biblical. We have a countercultural uh foundation because we have a biblical worldview. But notice this, these words, among you, among you. 
So Peter is saying in amongst the Christians, there are people that don't believe the same way that you do, that he is expressing here in 1 Peter and 2 Peter. They deny the Lord who bought them. And I want to focus a little bit about the blood of Christ in Acts 20, 28. It says that the precious blood of Christ purchased us from the slave market of sin. But before I get there, notice what happens. And many will follow their destructive ways. That's tragic, isn't it? Many seeming believers, seeming people that say, do, and exhibit the things that we believe in, they will follow their destructive ways. What are the destructive ways? They're heresies. They're truths that do not come from the Bible, but they come from culture, pop culture. They're their ideology of liberalism and progressivisms and uh, the redefining of terms uh, where secularists will, uh, you know, we, we, we see that on an abortion billboard. I don't know if you saw that in California. It was, we're on an abortion billboard. It quotes the Bible, love your neighbor as yourself, as to signify that abortion is the, the act of love. Okay. So we see this blatancy, but we can be lulled and desensitized by these things. And God is saying, be awake, John chapter 9, be children of the light, be awake and um, be controversial. And what I mean by that is speak the truth in love, not that we want to create problems, but just your lifestyle, your words and your decisions will be controversial. And maybe, maybe we will shake somebody awake. Or maybe someone that is in their uh, deceptive stupor, they will awake to life and be saved. Many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. These are some heavy words. Welcome to the lunch wrap. That literally they are anti-Christ. They are professing something that is man-centered, okay? So my goodness is really blasphemy compared to God's goodness, right? My goodness, right? Um, We could say that if they deny the Lord who bought them and somehow their thought is that we can save ourselves or if we live a good life or if we uh, follow these tenets, then somehow... God always lead to God. Okay? Somebody said recently, will God send to hell all the Hindus? And I said, yes, he'll send anyone, regardless of their label, to hell uh, because they rejected the Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, that sounds like a very controversial statement. Now, does God wish that anyone should go to hell? He doesn't. He's made every possible provision for people to choose Christ But because of the deception of sin and the flesh, the Buddhist, the Hindu, the Muslim, uh, the atheist, uh, whatever label that is absent from a believer will go to hell. And this is why we go. I had a great conversation with Pastor Sturge and Pastor Gary today. It's like compassion is the great commission. 
compassion. We are compassionate. We are loving. We are reaching. We are pursuing. We are doing everything we can to save people uh, with the Holy Spirit's ministry, of course, from the fires of hell. Okay? So, by covetousness, they will exploit you, verse 3. With deceptive words for a long time, their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. Whoa. So uh, we see in the world, why is the world so attractive? The devil will say, you need to go back into the world because you're missing something. You're missing something. You're being deprived of something. So covetousness will be the draw of the immature believer. They will be drawn out based on their lusts in Proverbs 1.10. And they will, be in, they will be enticed and then they'll be entrenched. And uh, this is why God leaves the 99 and pursues the one. Okay? And deceptive words. We have to be so careful. It is very easy to be deceived if I'm not focused and, and receiving the engrafted word of God. Right? We can be deceived. We can be led astray. We can be uh, in a place where we miss the mark or we believe something that doesn't come from the heart of God. And God says, verse 4, He uh, and, and further on, he says, destruction will come to pass, right? We see that also in Galatians chapter 2, where any gospel, and also Galatians chapter 1, 18 through 20, it's any gospel that doesn't reflect the heart of Jesus Christ is dedicated to destruction. So, so let me back up a second because we see this great statement. And I want to talk about the blood because I was really encouraged by what Pastor said uh, in, Ezekiel, in Exodus, excuse me, Exodus chapter 12 uh, about the blood being on the door. And now notice this in Peter, it says... Uh, it says this, uh, we just read it, denying the Lord who bought them. I don't know, that statement kind of, 1 Corinthians 6.19, we are bought with a price, we are no longer our own. So in our salvation, we have a great promise, we have a great conviction that salvation is of the Lord. And that he bought us, purchased us because he valued us in the precious blood of Christ, right? First Peter 1, 19 and 20, this precious blood was perfect, spotless, blameless. And he looked at you and said, I want you. I don't need you, but I want you. And turn with me to Exodus. And I think the, I think it's very interesting, the, the religion in the tribulation um, when the false prophet and his ecumenical ideas were all roads lead to God, it's because they forgot who bought them. They forgot it. And not only did they forget it, they left fellowshipping with the God who sent his only son to to set us free and to rescue us from our sin. Well, in Exodus chapter 12, we see that the blood was really important as the currency, that, that eternal currency. One writer said the only thing God left on the earth was Christ's blood. 
It's the only thing that he left on this earth. So the blood is very important, right? It's very important. It is something that covers us. It's something that cleanses us. And it's something that uh, renews us or remakes us. So think about that today. When God looks at you and I, he sees the blood of his son. When Jesus, as our great example, looks at us today, he sees us in his redemptive blood, right? That's so valuable. And the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit in us is where the turbulence is, right? He's, he's like, don't forget you're bought with a price. You're not your own. Don't forget. Don't forget. Fellowship with it. Remind yourself of it. You are very precious to God. You are very precious to God. And, and, and don't, don't we see it in our world? People are devalued. People are devalued. People are somehow um, not looked at in the sanctity of life, but they're looked at uh, as maybe a mistake. But the blood of Christ shows our great value. And, and I think this is where we can really be encouraged today because Revelations chapter 12, 10 through 12, it talks about the blood and how the blood does a few things. But before I go there, look at this, this passage in Exodus. It says, Exodus 12, 12, it says, I will pass through the land of Egypt that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. Now, some have, some have compared the tribulation to the plagues in Egypt, okay? There are, there are comparisons where God will judge the, the earth, right? Now, we have taught this, and it's very clear that the church, through the Revelation 6 through 19, is not in this tribulation time. We are with the Lord. But those there will be great salvations in the tribulation, and there will be great um, ministry of compassion, even though the ones that have the blood will be the only ones that will be spared. Right? So, in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. That's coming. That's coming to a theater near you. <laughs> That's coming here. That's a coming attraction. I don't want to be coming to that. But God is, God is allowing in 1210 of Revelations the devil to have his heyday right now. But it is, his time is very short. And to think that the world will get away with all they're getting away with, uh, it's not going to be the case, right? But God says, I am the Lord, verse 13. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, when I see the blood, it's going to represent the redemptive work of the cross. When God sees the work of the redemptive uh, action of Christ in your life, what's he going to do? He, there's going to be divine favor, and there's going to be a passing over of judgment. Now, that judgment we're talking about is the wrath of God. Is the believer going to experience the wrath of God? He is not, because Jesus took the wrath of God, right? We see that in 1 Thessalonians 1.10 and 2 Thessalonians 5.9. So the blood uh, covers you and I. 1 Peter 4, 8, so that we are not the recipients of wrath, 
Isn't that good news? Praise God for that. If we were the recipients of wrath, then we could say the cross was not enough. In Psalm 22, we see the wrath that Jesus experienced so that we would not be the son or daughter of wrath. So why is it in our world that this is not clear, right? The heresy that when whenever we misrepresent or misunderstand the cross, the result will be heresy. It'll somehow be an attack against the redemptive work of the blood of Christ. That's why salvation is permanent. This is why we're saved by grace through faith. This is why we are forgiven. It's a beautiful verse in Colossians 1.20. It says, the blood has made peace between you and God. Isn't that amazing? The blood is done. That means before God can deal with you, he has to remember the work of the blood of Christ. But we as believers can quickly forget. We can look at our own performance. We can look at our own uh, we can look at our own sin nature, and we can somehow trample the blood of Christ under our feet and say, "Really, there's no effect because I'm living the same way I did uh, that I did in the past." But no, no, the blood is on the doorpost of your heart. It is declaring that you are righteous, as we've heard so beautifully. And that God will pass over you and not give you the plagues of Egypt. Wow. Okay, let's talk Revelations for a minute. Isn't this good news? So, enticing words or destructive words, we know that false teaching always is void of truth, right? It abandons truth. And it causes us to look at ourselves and not the work of God. So, as we... And we're, we're taught so well here. When we communicate this, then there is a great conversion and great freedom. I mean, imagine that. Today, we are cleansed by the blood of Christ. We are cleansed in Hebrews 9, 12 through 14. The memory of our sin, the effect of our sin. Um, by the way, if my past sin... Uh, hijacks my present, then maybe I need counseling and need to navigate and and to address it. Okay, I want to just say I want to say that so we're not living in denial. But the blood is designed to deal with our past, present, and our future. And it says, "Listen, you are clean. You are brand new. You're not your sin." In Romans seven twenty, you are a child of God. So the blood of Christ is very important. No money, no gold. Isaiah 13, 12, amazing verse. The man's value is far greater than anything on this earth. Isaiah 13, 12. The gold of Ophir, all the diamonds, all of the jewels cannot be, be accumulated as far as our value because the only thing that represented your and my value was the blood of Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? It's amazing. So this perfect sacrifice saved us perfectly. This perfect sacrifice heals us perfectly. This perfect sacrifice makes us whole, and his perfection covers our flaws. Well, you might say, what about my experience? What about my depression? What about my insecurities? What about my sin nature? The blood. Present the blood. Speak the blood. Focus on the blood. Declare the blood. Bask in the blood. 
And what happens? We are cleansed and we are made new. I love this. Okay, Revelations 12. Great verse here. 12.10. So if someone comes up to you with an enticing word that is void of Christ, we know that the end of it's destruction, right? Say, you know, legalism is destruction. We can say that uh, my goodness, apart from God, is destruction. Uh, and what, a, what an amazing hope we have, right? Because uh, what God did, he did perfectly. Okay, 12.10, Revelations. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, I love that. Imagine the thunderings of God. Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come. For the accuser of the brethren who accuses them before our God day and night has been cast down. That, that's going to be an amazing day, man. I mean, I don't know about you, the accusation or self-talk or projections. Uh, you answer them one way. What does the blood say? Uh, what does the Bible say? What is Jesus saying? And they overcame him by the blood. Okay, they overcame him. And we know in Revelation chapter 12 and 13, it is the Antichrist, the false prophet, right? And the satanic trinity, right? They overcame them. So the devil is eternally defeated because of the blood of Christ. So remembering how we are bought, remembering that we are covered, remembering that we are products of the work of grace, it casts the devil down every time. They overcame him. Isn't that good? When you're wrestling and you're working with your opponent, you're, you're working with the pressure points, you're working with your pivoting, you're trying to overcome him. And even if they're stronger than you, their weight and their balancing of weight uh, is very challenging. And you, you have to get the right technique. But in this particular case, it's, it's reflecting that the devil was no match for what the blood produced. The devil was no match. No match. Then I love this. They did not, okay, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Their testimony was what? It's what the blood did. It's what Jesus did. It's what the cross confirmed. It's, it's everything that we see uh, found in our, in our Bibles. That's why people attack the Bible. That's why people attack, uh, you know, you know, in, in when you read through the epistles, it's like, oh, gee, you said Jesus was coming years ago. Where is he? There's the mockers and scorners. But we say, no, nope, his timing's perfect, right? And they did not love their lives to the death. <laughs> so that may happen. I mean, not that we're encouraging like an excited excitement about that. But your life is controversial. Your life is controversial. The way you live, the way you think, the way you talk the way you spend money, the way we value our time, right? It's controversial. Why? Because it declares the blood. And Satan hates the blood. He cannot do anything against it. He is, uh, he is defeated every single time. Therefore rejoice, O heaven, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and to the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a very short time. All right. Well, maybe I can just close. Look at this. Uh, Luke twenty two twenty. So what's our message today to a deceived world? It says the whole world lies in wickedness. Whole world. 
the good part and the evil manifestations. You know, I was recently in jail visiting somebody and, um, you know, when you walk into a jail, I don't know, you can just kind of feel the evil, you know. And, um, you know, there's the physical jail and then there's the internal jail, right? People can be in jail in their mind, in their spirit. They can really be in this place of being a hostage. But what does the blood say? You are new. What does the blood say? Your past is gone. Okay. What does the blood say? You are, uh, you are washed clean in Isaiah 118. And this is a unilateral decision. This decision was made by Christ without our input. Isn't that good? That's why when we talk to people and they, and we hear it right all the time, like I'm such a sinner, I'd never come into your church because I'd be a pile of ashes or, or I've done all these wicked things. And it's like, that's not what the blood says. The blood is unilateral, which means Christ made that decision before we did anything that we did. He made a decision that whosoever will may come and that he's not slack or forgetful in regards to his promise. And this is, this is where liberation happens. This is where the prodigal comes home. This is where compassion is the great commission. I love that. Pastor Gary said that. I'm gonna, it's like compassion, Matthew 14, 14. Jesus moved with compassion, right? Now, I know we have this big movement, be kind and pay it forward and, you know, all this and that. But compassion is deeper, it's, there's an integrity of love that says, I will give you grace. I will give you what I've been so given by Christ. Okay, Luke 22, 20. Look at this verse. The blood of Christ declares the new covenant. Wow. I was talking with a brother the other night. He said he was trying to live by the old covenant. And I said, oh, oh, there's, there's, there's a new and living way that, uh, that Christ is at the center. But Luke 22, uh, 20, and this is at the Last Supper. Look what he says here. 22, 20. Uh, okay, let's... Likewise, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. So what's the new covenant? 9.22 of Hebrews. It is... There's forgiveness of sin because Christ in 10.10 of Hebrews became the ultimate sacrifice. It's Christ. It's Christ plus nothing. It's the work of the cross, and be, which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on this table. <laughs> uh, there it is. It's like right at the door. You know, we've said, the pastor said this, like we, we celebrate Christ in the chapel, and we walk, and the devil's in the parking lot. Like we, we have, we're aware, we're aware, right? The devil hates the blood. He'll want to discredit it. He'll want to come alongside with a counterfeit and, and, and bring in this like, hey, you know, God's not going to meet your needs. So you better get moving and work hard and, and figure it out on your own. And then we enter into this, this self motivation, this willpower that makes us tired, exhausted, and we become cynical, right? But what does the blood say? It declares better things, right? Okay, Abel's blood cried out vengeance. But God says, my blood cries out, what is it, redemption, right? Yep. 
Redemption, mercy, mercy. And I think as we continue uh, in this great uh, day that we're living in, God will keep us from judgment, right? That angel, or God will allow things. Again, judgment is a form of grace because God is wanting to turn people to Christ, right? We um, were looking at the war in the Ukraine, and um, uh, it is incredible what's happening there. Um, and we could say a lot of things, but we are seeing the hand of God in protection and also wisdom. And really be praying for the city of Kiev, by the way, uh, because they're they're barely without any water and they're attacking the infra- the energy infrastructure. So with winter coming and by the way, winter over there is the real deal. It's uh, I remember living over there it was like minus 18 was the average uh, temperature in January and February. So uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, just be praying because God God is keeping them. He is keeping them as the little flock, and he is loving them. And we're praying for an end to that to that tragic situation, that tragic war. Uh, but amen, amen, right? Aren't we excited? The blood. devil has a suggestion. Say, hey, listen, what does the blood say, right? What does the blood do? Someone presents a teaching that that is outside the Bible or... Is a private interpretation. What does the blood say? What does Jesus say? Let's make a big deal of the cross. Let's make a big deal of redemption. Like, and let's make a big deal because this is this is our this is our identity, right? God looks at you today in the blood. Jesus magnifies the blood, and the Holy Spirit reminds us of the work of the blood. Lord, thank you today. Please refresh us. Keep us sharp. Uh, We pray that cunning fables and vain philosophies will be exposed as we look to you, as we see you clearly, as we hear you clearly. Lord, make us great receivers for tonight's message. Help us to be bold, to open our mouth wide, and to be compassionate, but not timid. Compassionate, but also courageous. We bless your name in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You can talk about this if you want. What do you what do you think?